What's going on, guys? And welcome to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is episode number 143, the best place on Sunday nights to kick back, relax, and just listen to Xbox news and all kinds of other gaming-related discussions. I'm your host, Invader, and we can't wait to talk about the Xbox game showcase that happened a few days ago. We definitely got a lot of stuff to go over. But before we get into our thoughts on the matter, let me introduce everyone on the panel. And for tonight, we're joined by Fastback from the delightful NLG podcast. How are you doing, doing my uh, fellow Mustang fanatic? Hey, what's going on? Uh, uh, honored to be here with CXR, finally. I know we, we, you know, you tried to invite me in the past, it just never worked out. So I'm good. I just had dinner nice and pack. I got my, my thanks uh, for coming on, man. Hell yeah, dinner. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Always enjoy you guys in the chat when I'm watching your shows. So yeah, especially after, uh, no, nah, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm happy we had a game, uh, showcase. So ready to talk about this. All right. All right. I like the fire. Definitely, man um yeah there is all kinds of stuff to go over from the show and the pre-show for that matter but uh you know what? let's get into some more of the outros with the txr crew and uh jeremy i'll go over to you but uh, how's things at your end good man i was just trying to uh catch up with today's events uh it's been busy over here as you can tell i'm chewing right now so i'm eating dinner in the process but um i had to make dinner for the kids and i was just trying to rush so i can get on the podcast asap but it's good to be with you guys. Um, happy Sunday. I hope everybody's doing well. And let's get the show on the road. Let's kick some butt. All right. Yeah, we got the energy good. going on here. And uh, all right. Next up, uh, Eric, how is things at your end, bud? Oh, sorry. I was Eric. <laughs> opening the door. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's finally uh, nice to see some of that first glimpse of uh, Halo and some of the new content. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pretty good week. Funny memes. Some of the best <laughs> memes I've seen uh, in a while. So, yeah, Hey, now, don't time. be dissing Greg and Gregory, all right? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, it's been good. Oh. Yeah, the memes have been filling us with uh, lots of laughter. Yeah. So, he has a, the meme has a name? The meme has a name now. I don't understand how that came about. Who named the uh, damn meme? I think it was some like podcast or somebody on Twitter that name was Craig, and then it somehow people started calling it, and then one of the <laughs> community managers <laughs> was like, "Are we all in agreement that his name is Craig?" He was like, "I want to know more about him and all this." So then everybody just went with it. Yeah, I love how it just kind of got owned by the Halo community and like all the people like like around Xbox and like even three four three. Everybody's yeah. just like going with it. Oh, There'll probably great. be a Greg achievement in there if you like probably find, <laughs> yeah. find him. In and there that's what you and that's what you got to do in this day and age of the memes. You know, just embrace it, man. You know, there's so many uh, <laughs> different perspectives on gaming, and uh, you know, you know one one person likes the other system in general. Uh, over another but just embrace it embrace console wars i'm a fan of console wars i love console wars it shows that the industry is extremely healthy and that's it 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a great idea, though. I would love to see a, a Craig and a Gregory achievement somewhere. That would be gold. And it's like you have to find like these two brutes or something in a level. That would be hilarious. Oh, man. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, moving on. Centurion, pal. How are you been? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Good, man. Right on. You know, it I feels you like had a little uh, run in, quote unquote, run in. <laughs> I live in an apartment complex, so that actually happened like literally 20 feet from my door around the corner. Uh, the so other what side, what were you doing? What were you doing at the time? And you just heard a large, what the hell? And you ran out. We were, we were just chilling, playing Xbox. And I mean, like, literally, oh you, hear a, you hear a car tear through the fence and the freaking the bushes, and they hit a tree right in front of the stairwell connected to the building on the other side. I am. So, yeah, yeah, I got some person cut them. The sad part is I don't think they were the drunk driver. I think the drunk driver cut them off, and they were trying to avoid the drunk driver. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure they did all the testing and whatnot. Oh, yeah. The the person that that put their car in the uh, front yard, um, they, they left. Uh, somebody took them home, uh, but the other person uh, definitely was taken away. I've, I've seen some scary DUIs. On the way from the nightclub at two o'clock in the morning. I mean, every night it seemed like there was a different accident, especially on the freeway. And I've been, I, I seen some shit, man. I mean, we're talking Dude. about T bones and cars flipping over eighteen times. And before I even turn twenty one, I probably have at least I want to say five friends that we've put in the ground from oh, doing man. stupid stuff while drinking that they shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, oh, damn. I mean the worst one. The yeah. worst one I seen was I was on w Wilshire Boulevard, and I was outside and I see a, a black car just hauling ass down a thirty mile an hour street, and this was in downtown Los Angeles, right next to MacArthur Park. For those who are familiar with it, uh, so and he was drunk. He was going probably about sixty or seventy on that on that small street, and someone t boned him because there was a there was a green light. And he went and he he obviously ran a red light. He got T-boned. The guy, the passenger who was with him got killed. And then the car that flipped over three or four times killed two people who were walking in on the sidewalk and just rolled over on them. Not to be a downer, but yeah. Oh, no, that. I think it's a big thing to say that you should never drink and drive ever. Um, it's something I don't condone. I don't even hop behind the wheel of a car with one beer on my breath. Um, definitely it's not worth it, man. You know, you like what we said last night when they were helping that girl out of the car, you could be the best mm. driver in the world, but you can never predict the people around you. Yeah. No, that's uh, some crazy stuff there. Glad, uh, you know, everybody, uh, you know, at least I'm glad to see you're safe and sound anyways. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, Megatron is running a bit late. He should be joining us later on, but uh, there's a possibility he may not. As well, uh, Tim will not be, not be joining us this evening. But hey, we still got a pretty solid crew here, and uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we get into all the showcase news, just a little reminder that we do have a giveaway going on for a Cyberpunk 20, uh, 2077 Johnny Silverhand action figure. So go on over to our Twitter and look at the pinned tweet on how to enter. The giveaway does end tomorrow, so so get on that if you haven't already, guys. 
All right. And who do we, who do we got with us? Uh, we got uh, Techno Fabulous. Oh, hey, buddy. How you doing there, John? Uh, the Geeky Nerd, Nine Lives, Other Zinc. Oh, hey, Mike's here from NLG. Oh, yeah. We got some uh, pretty cool fellas joining us already in the chat. John, now, John's with us? Yeah, we got John here. Oh, John, Techno. What's up, man? Awesome. For those who don't know, John's an awesome dude. Uh, he's a good dude. He's a good man. So follow him. Yep. Watch a show, whatever you need to do. John's a good man. I love a gamer. Oh hell I yeah! About, I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's but... a very he's a very dedicated gamer. When I was on NLG, the uh, what was it like a week ago? He even dressed up in full uh, Ghost of Tsushima garb. So uh, very impressive. <laughs> he's dedicated. Yeah, he's got a hell of a background when uh, we're on the podcast. So. <laughs> definitely but guys we are gonna go right in here and as stated earlier we've got a lot to talk about let's start with the pre-show reveals and announcements for the uh well the pre-xbox show and there was uh, quite a few of them shown off and fastback i would love to hear your thoughts on this we'll start off with you our uh, guest of honor here did anything really stick out to you from the pre-show any of the games that the, they were showing off uh uh, for me, it was the Indies, uh, Cinder, Cinder Reel. Yeah, all the Indies mm -hmm. ever shown. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that was the main thing uh, for me. A lot of goodness in there. That's going to be in Game Pass, too. Yeah, there yeah. were some good titles in there, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like uh, the as far as like some of the ones that uh, really like highlighted for me was the Artful Escape, which they had announced mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, but kind of went missing. I'm surprised I haven't heard anything. I saw that at PAX South and that game was beautiful, sounded great. And just it was fun to watch and kind of play a little bit. I, I'm just surprised we haven't heard anything yet. You know, that, that was back in January. People, uh, oh, sorry, Frost. No, no, no. You're good. There were people shitting on that on that pre-show. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it was a pre-show, you know. It just it, it was what it was. Uh, there were just it, you know, it's kind of like when you're watching an NFL game uh, or NFL pregame. They're just sitting down talking about the game, and in that case, they were talking about the pre the uh, the games leading up, what to expect from Xbox. And they had a couple surprises. I think the big one was the the Dragon Age uh, Dragon Quest. I'm sorry. Uh, that's huge, you know. It's it's yeah, it is. it's been on Nintendo, it's not my cup of tea, and, but it is huge for. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been on PlayStation and Nintendo forever, and it's finally on Xbox, which is great to see. Um, and Exomecha uh, was pretty cool. I thought that had like a Transformers vibe to it. Um, uh, I'm really looking forward to um, Naka's game, which is the Balan Wonderland. I'm a huge. Uh, Yuji Naka fan. Uh, I've been following him since the old Sega days. Uh, you know, he's created some of the most memorable gaming experiences of all time with Sonic. You know, I'm a Knights uh, on the Sega Saturn was probably one of my favorite games of all time. And um, I'm a huge fan of that. And for those who haven't played, there's a Sega Saturn game that's really hard to get, it's really rare. Called Burning Rangers, and that was a great game. I really liked, oh, yeah. it, even though it had That's some technical one. issues, uh, technical issues, graphical problems, but it was still a great game. Um, and you can see some of the artwork that got trans, uh, you know, that style of artwork got kind of transferred over 
and borrowed, um, you know, such as the boss battles in Balan Wonderland. I'm, I had a big smile on my face when I was watching it for sure. Um, so I really enjoy. I'm glad those titles are coming for Xbox. They're they're really well needed oh, yeah. uh, on this platform, especially in the Japanese market, where you know, it just it, it's on. They're almost non-existent there. Yeah, that so was it was good. Right to, the, you know, during yeah, the yeah, beginning for, and kind of throughout. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'm another, really another, looking forward to that title. Another quick one I did I forgot to mention was Echo Generation. I thought yes. that looked pretty cool. <clears throat> yes, that would that's the uh the turn based one done by it's the dev that did that one game that was what was it released like uh Oh, back in May, I think it, it was. Uh, was it River Bond or something? Maybe it was last year. I can't remember. But um, Naka was it from Square Enix? Yeah, Yuji Naka. He's he went to Square Enix. He's no longer at Sega. Um. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there was a lot of good stuff. Like uh, you're talking about that uh, Echo Generation and uh, the turn-based one. That's from a developer, very small developer near me, and uh, got me really interested. Kind of remind me of like stranger things but like turn-based yeah. like kind of thing the yeah. art style looked pretty cool um so yeah I, even i like yeah. those games invader you know i'm a big fan of those especially those indie titles that offer uh you know some of them offer a lot more than even triple a triple a games you know you mm -hmm. get more engrossed in them and and some of these titles are excellent so i'm really looking forward to that one but mm -hmm. again happy that dragon quest is on xbox that's huge people yeah, are really kind of downplaying that but it's huge for xbox it means they'll probably get whatever the next one or less they'll be yeah. left less left out of like future uh yep. titles so especially going to game pass i, I think mean, what's, special I, yeah i think what's going to happen with that shock is you're going to see the same they're going to follow suit same thing with the final fantasy series all the final fantasy games are going to be on game pass i think the same thing is going to happen with the dragon quest series uh it's probably coming to game pass even though they haven't announced it i'm talking about the entire series um so i'm really looking forward to that but again so belong really uh, those influencers next time like if jeff Keighley's uh, gonna have people on there that one lady was like uh when's whenever halo comes on that's when i'm gonna take my bathroom break and then the other one was like yeah i just use my xbox to watch like netflix i'm like that's uh, not the that's best. right i mean if you're promoting, like you're why have those people on that have that don't play it at all? Like that. I don't yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, Jeff, hey, kind if of you're a... gonna have your show, cool. Just have some uh, people that actually play it or actually. Well, play I, games. Think, <laughs> I think I uh, think Xbox is making an effort to cater to these people who are Sony fans, who are PlayStation primarily PlayStation fans, who's been in Sony's pocket forever. You know, these people have been in Sony. They get marketing. You know, they get money from marketing deals. They get money from you know kickbacks in, in the form of merchandise from Sony. I mean everything you could think of for to stream either stream or promote Sony's pro projects. That's what's happening. I think uh, you know Xbox is doing the same thing now, trying to get these people on board uh, with the Xbox brand, and I think they need that going forward. Yeah, should they vet them a little better? Uh, I mean, re really, you can't really vet them. In that in that entire scenario, but I mean, who knows? Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a couple there. Like, I thought Dryer was okay. 
and Alana Pierce, and then there's the other guy with the glasses. That, yeah, uh, people that actually you know, play games. Yeah, but the yeah. one that's like you don't even want to see what Halo looks like, you're going to just go to the restroom, skip it, well, and take yeah. the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was kind of poor taste. To, you know, I mean, come on, we're doing a pre-show. At least put some effort into, you know, you may be on the side of you enjoy, prefer PlayStation, but at least put an effort and to say, hey, I want to see what Xbox can do. Let's take a look, you know, and go from there. But, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm with the talent clowns. He said to put uh, Downer in as the host next time. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of them haven't been gaming for a long time. A lot of these people are just bandwagon gamers and they don't really know yeah. about the gaming culture of the industry. And, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, shock and, you know, he's, he's very fluent in, in the industry. He knows what's going on as far as like retro games. I do myself as well. And I think, you know, you, you respect the history, you know, the, we, yeah. we love the people that create the games. We love the creators. We love the, the, uh, people who develop, uh, and put their passion and, and, you know, heart and soul into some of these games. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too. They give them that large platform. They know that all kinds of eyes are going to be on them because everybody's curious what Xbox has in store. This is the pre-show. Everybody's just starting to tune in. And yeah, they, they make these stupid comments like, oh, Halo's coming up. Uh, I, I'm not really that interested. I'm going to go to the washroom or something. It's like, where do they find these people? Like, I, I know they're trying to like get some different people on different audiences to tune in. But that was just it was very uh, disrespectful, I thought. So but the thing is, they went with Geop because Geop has the views. You know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, if I can comment like on not. that whole situation with G- Jeff Keeley. Geoff, uh, you call him Geoff from now on. I ain't calling him Jeff. My brother's name is Jeff. He ain't my brother. You see, here's the thing. Um, I like Jeff Keeley to a point, but if I was put in a room with him, I'd probably give him a piece of my mind on the fact that you could clearly see that you're a PlayStation fan. And when he would ask me to clarify on that, I'd be like, well, when you talk about PlayStation, you say, let's look at all the amazing things PlayStation has in store for us. And then during the entire one hour interview, you asked every single one of your guests the same bullshit question. What does Xbox have to do to win you over? That basically sets the tone that Xbox has already lost all its fans. What does Xbox have to do to win them over and xbox has been doing a good job quit acting like that they're i just don't like the double narrative there on how you're gonna talk about how one is doing amazing things and the other one has to kiss ass mm. you, that make sense i would i would agree with you to a certain extent but to jeff's credit they do have some uh you know some catching up to do they do have some ground that they need, they do need to win fans over. Okay, um, but let them, but let's be let's be a proper journalist and let's talk about yeah. how PlayStation's dropped the ball. As a consumer, PlayStation has not convinced me that they have built a quality product in the PlayStation Five. And the funny part is, yesterday on yesterday's show with Wilmyhood, he even said the exact same thing. He agreed with me. PlayStation has not convinced me or other consumers that they have them in mind when it came to the engineering of the PlayStation 5. It sounded more like they were worried about designing a product that fit their budget. Yeah, but it's at the same time, it's hard to dethrone the king. You know, I mean, they sold over 100. They've sold over 100 million. 
they're king because they have a very good way of lobbying to the fans. They have a very good yeah. way of lobbying to the media. All it is is pandering. Honestly, all it is is literally a, a magic show. Like, I'm not against PlayStation, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know what I loved watching when I was a little kid? I loved seeing how the tricks were done. I'm not amused by PlayStation's little tricks and, and smoke and mirrors. I know what they're doing, and I'm sorry. I'm not fooled by anybody. The only thing PlayStation is good for in my gaming world is a single third-person shooter over the shoulder that involves pushing some boxes around and battling a few enemies with a very well put together story narrative. And it's going to have a amazing, beautifully crafted graphics that are going to show off the console. I have pretty much summed up PlayStation in one sentence. Yeah, but I mean, the formula works, the blueprint works. You can't. The you blueprint know, can't. works. Does it really? Like, I really want to know what kind of, why is, with all these bangers in air quotation marks, is PlayStation actually, if you really look at the money that Sony has, they are very codependent on PlayStation, and PlayStation does not bring in as much revenue as everyone really thinks they should be when they are put up against Microsoft. Microsoft knows how to push games as a service. They know how to create titles. They know how to create a multiplayer experience that makes fans keep coming back and not basically buy a one-and-done title that's going to sit on the shelf. I don't see the revenue in PlayStation that I see in Xbox because literally even Ubisoft has said in the past that Xbox players spend more per player than it happens on the PlayStation side. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, I think Xbox gamers buy games, you know, it's, I think it's like two to one or something like three, maybe it was even three to one. Um, that's a hundred percent true. However, you know, they've been in business since nine, I believe it's 1994 and they've been going really strong ever since. And, you know, it's just. Uh, no, I, and that's the thing. No, PlayStation is a great company. PlayStation has actually kind of helped make leap and leaps and bounds in gaming. Um, they are still considered uh, the big beaters of the drum when it comes to console VR. Um, PlayStation has been doing an amazing job. But so has Xbox. And I'm not scared to admit that. I've also been able to say PlayStation has some shortcomings like their security and their network. I have like, I, I have personally been through both of my consoles actually being hacked in the same week. Explain that um, PlayStation, let them right in, showed them around and, and, and let them have a field day and Xbox. The minute they got an IP address from Saudi Arabia, shut down my console and my entire account until they actually got a hold of me. I will say the amount of spam I get for people wanting to send me naked nude photos on oh, PSN. Dude. It's like, it's, I'm like, how How does this, what? How does, See, that's I, don't, I, like, I don't get that on Xbox. I don't know what that. Yeah. Right, what PSN plus members on the Pornhub more? This is not an excuse, you know. This is not an excuse for Sony, but Microsoft's a software company, you know, and they... They have deals with the government, you know, Sony doesn't, you know, so that in that sense, they're more experienced. Again, that's not an excuse. You no, know, it's but not an excuse, but that's where I look at it. Like if you try to ever talk about any of Sony's shortcomings, you're automatically labeled an Xbox fanboy. 
And it's not trying to be an Xbox fanboy. It's trying to be an objective consumer. I happen to own all consoles and I prefer Xbox because what they provide to me as a consumer, when I buy a game digitally, I own two copies and I game share with my wife. Um, I, the list goes on. I just feel like Microsoft has done a better job of making me feel at least my dollar goes further in their ecosystem compared to PlayStation's, which is why if you look at the map, if you look at the, the studies, why more Xbox gamers feel compelled to spend money in the ecosystem because it feels like their dollar goes further. Yep. Mm hmm. Now, guys, just to um, like cover uh, some other stuff here, it's interesting the uh, the wording that we saw like all through from the pre-show to like even all throughout the the main showcase was console launch exclusives. There were a ton of them here, and even in the pre-show, there were fifteen indie games showing off, and they all looked pretty cool. Like, I mean, we all we all have our different tastes, but they were all console launch exclusives. The Artful Escape, Tunic which again people have been waiting on song of iron the falconeer these are all really interesting indie games and it looks like they're gonna be loaded with all kinds of studios supporting them at launch or near launch yeah do, do we get clarification on when these game how many games are going to be at launch for the uh series x uh, uh crossfire x um uh medium no and i'm just saying how many in terms oh. of the number they said 100 that's what uh, Matt Booty said. There will be a hundred titles wow. to launch with the Xbox Series X. Yeah, that's why they were saying it was going to be. I think Satya was saying it was going to be the the most games, like the biggest launch of any console ever. I guess. Yeah, I, guess. I, I do Who think uh, it's going to be interesting whether or not you know some of these little smaller indie titles, uh, such as Tunic, are going to you know they're going to be 4K. They're going to be running at. You know, I know, I know. Tunic can run at 120 frames per second easily. It's just a matter of, is the developer, uh, you know, is going to implement that in the game? Now, I do want to because he actually said Crossfire X. I do want to hop in because like the previous conversation on calling out companies. This is one where I'll call out Xbox. I didn't like the fact that um, Shockley was the one that actually brought this. I believe to a couple of people's attentions on the single player. Yeah, confirmed player it with uh, on one of the guys. Right. Confirmed it with me. Yeah, uh, like one, you of said, one of the developers flat out told you that the single player. Yeah, I asked him. He didn't yeah. reply, but one but of the other. But it was a like, small print, though, right? When you watch the game show, wasn't it in a small print at the bottom? Uh, it was, but they also said multiple times in it, every game you see today is either free to play or yeah. Game Pass, which technically <laughs> they're right. Part and that's where it becomes deceptive. It is free to play, but the yeah, other part is not like. <laughs> that was the one yeah. that asked. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the multiplayer side. Yeah, that's well, free to play. Yeah. Technically right for half the game. Yep. But otherwise, the other half's not in Game Pass or free to play. So I don't think it's I a mean, big deal. I mean, I don't know. The game looks gives me uh, those fear vibes. So I, I saw some actual like snippets of like gameplay. Um, and it looks, the gore and everything looks pretty cool. It looks reminds you, if you've ever played Fear, it looks just like that, kind of that slow bullet time. Mm -hmm. no, yeah. definitely no but uh just even just capping off the uh the pre-show like there was a lot of good stuff showing there and um despite uh some of the people that jeff Keeley had on some of these commentators different content creators i thought they could have done a better job like who they chose maybe more people that were 
passionate about like Xbox properties and just, you know, the overall brand. But I mean, they did try. They tried to do something different. And unfortunately, with some of them, it just kind of uh, it didn't work out. Right. So. No, I don't think so. Oh, but anyway, fellas, unless anybody else has anything to add to this, I think we should move on to the meat and potatoes of uh, of uh, the show. <laughs> and that's the actual Xbox game showcase. And we had like all kinds of new reveals and a lot of stuff that we already knew about beforehand. We'll go through all the games. But first, guys, let's start this off with Halo Infinite, a game that, you know, I would say is a bit contentious at the moment uh we got our first look at the overall gameplay and the art style of the game however you know there was a lot of attention being placed on the state of the build showing off now eric i'll start this one this segment off with you what did you think of halo infinite what they showed off um i i thought it looked pretty good as far as like the gameplay aspect it really harkened back to those halo one vibes um and it just just the gameplay looked pretty butter smooth it kind of gives you that feel of when you're first landing on um the first halo ring back on combat evolve and you just have that openness it felt like it was you know a huge open world even though it's kind of linear like this is kind of bringing that to bringing that vision like full in effect um so i thought that looked pretty cool how you could pretty much grapple anything um and i heard from another uh youtube channel they uh, someone had asked that one of the devs behind closed doors, when one of those grunts gets thrown by the uh, brutes, can yes. you grapple a grunt while it's flying through midair? And they they said, yeah, so basically naturally you're going to, I guess, fly with him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that, some of that seemed pretty cool. But yeah, the I think it's funny. I was trying to figure out how did I miss uh, Craig? Because he's like everywhere everybody's talking about him. Like, how did I not see him? And he was actually the one where he hits him. You see, you don't even see his face. It flashes so quick. You have to hit like slow mo to even get a glimpse of his face. Which right. I feel like I think it was the very first as bad. that he did. Yeah, the other brutes didn't look as bad, but it's kind of like when I posted a pic um, earlier, um, basically of Abby, like in The Last of Us Two. Great in cutscenes, but there are some spots you can find in the actual gameplay and you're moving where the character's face is just kind of not polished, not. Uh, uh, and I have, you know, I have a screenshot it's on my uh, uh, Twitter feed recently that I posted, to, I think, to a reply, and you'll see it. Yeah, it was one of my main posts. I compared like Kate, uh, what a 4K shot looks amazing, cutscene to that, and I'm like, these comparisons are really stupid. <laughs> But it's like kind of like that. You probably weren't meant to see it. And in real time, you don't see its face. Like you see it's such a quick flash. It's like when you're racing and the characters aren't modeled properly on the sideline. And if you actually hit in slow-mo, like, wow, those people look, you know, like cardboard. <laughs> but like it's, I don't know. If you watch it in 4K, most of it looks pretty good. But it also reminds me of Halo 5 where it was unpolished in the multiplayer. And then they came back and polished it up like a few months later after the beta. So they've done that before and they've been no slouch in the visual department for four and five. So I'm not going to second guess them here either. So the main thing is nailing that combat, nailing the gameplay. That's the core of what Halo players were, you know, really focused and, you know, worried about. So I think they nailed all of that. 
So now it's just, you know, polishing the game. And this was an old build I hear from like four months to possibly January. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows what they've done since then, plus by the time this releases. So, um, Can I hop in real quick and ask? Yeah. Um, did you guys actually see um, how the AI reacted when it was shot? Like I'm, yeah. I know everybody for some reason is hung up on this whole thing of when they sadly in the past, new generations have been signified by new graphics. Well, now we're seeing more of a plateau in these graphics and we're going to see more of a push for a cleaner resolution, a much more cleaner image that has things that kind of make this image look better stuff like ray tracing. Um, and that's where I saw past just the graphics and I loved it when I saw him shoot that brute in the knee and you literally watch the brute actually miss pace and start kind of almost hopping mm-hmm. on one foot, like a natural reaction. Something would have to being shot in the leg. Yeah. And that like back in the day on golden eye 007, I remember you'd shoot someone in the foot and they'd fly back. Like you just shot him with a shotgun. So I mean, it's just really good to see like games are now becoming so fluid and lifelike that the physics are starting to now catch up. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. I saw one route where they shot him in the back. He didn't kill him, but he grabbed his back where he was shot. And then, you know, of course, Master Chief kept and, killing and him. That, and that's him, but... compute power. Cool. That. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys see, like, obviously he was, like, when you were shooting the Bruce, they were stumbling. When the one brute took the grunt and just threw him and he had like those plasma grenades in his hand and he the grunt was literally yeah. screaming screw you oh my <laughs> god that was great that was great i oh i couldn't get over that i'm like yes that's something a brute would do like that's just that's awesome like there was all kinds of little things like i have a lot to say on this topic because just on halo infinite because i really enjoyed what i saw to be honest with you i i really loved the art style like in a way, it was kind of comforting to me that 343 finally seemed to be listening to the Halo community and just going back to like the bungee style designs. I mean, they still do have their own little touches in certain ways, but it was just so refreshing just to see like what was there. And it was like, yeah, it was like combat evolved, but with this so much more detail. Just it looked like. You know, it's like when you first stepped out of the drop pod and combat evolved and it was like, damn, there's this whole world to explore. And you just it just made you curious. And then you saw the enemies and how they reacted like there was a lot more going on there. And just such a shame that everybody was focusing on like some of the lighting and the textures. Don't get me wrong. I think that it could have been better like you know, there was a lot of pop in at certain points and there wasn't a lot of textures on some guns and mm-hmm. some surfaces. You know, there there is criticism to address there, but we also have to understand like what kind of stresses like the studios are going under because of, you know, working at home or, you know, different things yeah. like. In like the video you shared with Tech USA said that the that was playing on a like a mid tier kind of like a PC that they use kind of for like PC tools. And it wasn't like a high-end PC or a, you know, Xbox yeah, Series X. It was meant for debugging. It, it wasn't yeah. meant for that. I don't know why they chose that, but maybe that's just at the state. I don't well, see, that's one thing I want to point out is I feel like there has been a big, big <clears throat> push from Microsoft to not really actually show the true power of the Series X. Like, we have not yet really got a clean-looking... Mm-hmm. Um, 
trailers uh, we haven't gotten a cl- we have not gotten any clean trailers from anything that is pretty much going to be a uh, a banger title that is going to come out uh, available on the Series X or on the PS5. Um, it just seems like there has been no clear images put out on either camp on what these games are truly going to look like running on these consoles. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard, especially like. You know the situation everybody's at. There, a lot of people are trying to work at home. And yeah, they're trying to take precautions if they do go into the studio. Uh, I was going to ask Downer because you've been at E3 and you played some of these games behind doors, yeah. right? Some of the yeah. demos. So what you saw here is this a demo that you probably would have played? Because I think, from what I understand, this would have been something that would have been at E3, right? So yeah, I mean, most so, demos are not really polished, right? Yeah, so. I was disappointed in the way it was shown. And let me hear me out on this one second. Back in 2003, when they released the Halo 2 trailer, and I was there live for the E3 2003 trailer, they sold, yeah, they sold, Bungie sold that world. And at that point, the Halo, you know, Halo hype and Halo um, excitement was just in full, full effect. It was one of the most anticipated games of all time. You heard stories about, you know, the opening day of Halo 2 breaking all of entertainment records. And part of the reason with that is Bungie showed it off the way it did, and they got some great media out of that that day. And I feel like um, 343 missed the mark on that. They did not sell me the world of uh, Halo Infinite. They did not. Uh, include, you know, some maybe some of the other enemies you run in, some of the locations you might find. You know, is there the is some of the mystery about the Halo universe and the ring that they're on? Maybe they don't want to give, uh, you know, too much of that story up. But they did not sell me on the world of Halo. I think the Slip Space Engine at that particular point looked a little date, dated the way it was shown. Uh, you know, as far as the particle effects, you know, some of the uh, details, um, some mm-hmm. of the explosions that took place, maybe some of the, the physics on some of the vehicle. I mean, just a different thing. Like I was watching, you know, one of the ships flying. It looked really rough. It didn't look natural. Mm-hmm. It looked kind of like it was on a, a set path, which obviously it's on a set path. But, <clears throat> you know, um. I don't think it was shown in the best light as opposed to the 2003 world. We got everything from that trailer. We got, you know, the human side of, of chief. We got uh new Mobasa when they're coming in the danger that was felt uh, in that particular area. When they landed, uh, we got some of the huge, um, just huge structures. Some of the huge enemies that you fight uh, in that particular game um, and some of the battles that take place. It all, you know, the whole scope was in that one three minute and 40 second trailer. I think it was three minute and 40 second trailer. But they still have time to um, polish this. But Ghost of Tsushima, when I look at somebody at a camp and she's cooking, yeah. her spoon, her wooden spoon goes like, I don't know, a foot through mm-hmm. the pan that's above the fire. And it's just like she's stabbing through iron with a wood spoon. And it's like, what? So this is the finished yeah. game, and it's like that's clear as day. Like every time I go there, it's like you're not yeah. even. <laughs> the pop up stuff and the technical difficulties don't bother me. 
they don't bother me one bit. So when I see pop up in the in the uh, demo, it's not going to be a problem once it's running on the yeah, series. Yeah, I'm like, that. okay, whatever. All these gaming, some of the greatest games ever made had technical problems. If you look at a game like Witcher Three, it was plagued with problems, plagued with problems, and it's now considered one of the greatest games ever made. You know, so I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about the game, the gameplay in Halo. It's going to be. Uh, some of the best gameplay you've ever played. Now with the addition of the grappling hook uh, and everything, I think I just think it's going to be uh, the gameplay is going to be excellent. And those yeah, steps now, you don't start with the. Yeah, it's going to be fun as hell. I am what I am worried about too is the evolving story. I think that's concerning, but they could do some interesting things with that. For example, you know, the, you know that the map is going to be added on. You know, later on, if this is going to be an, an, an evolving game, hence the word infinite, I think that's mm -hmm. why that word yeah. is because, you know, it's just going to be, uh, you know, it's almost going to be like a TV show, you know, in, in that sense, to where we're going to get different locations, uh, maybe once every three or six months. You know, we're going to get different gameplay scenarios to play every six months. Uh, we might see new new uh, story elements and enemies six months down the line to a year. It's mm. going to be evolving, and that's what I find intriguing about it. People were scared at first to 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 you know maybe to hear that about the Halo series, but I felt like it was a good move for the franchise because we get more Halo, uh, you know, every six months or maybe to a year as opposed to every five five years or now uh you know maybe even seven years so we get mm -hmm. more more halo is a good thing guys yeah and uh if and they distinctly hit, said it's not going to be like fun like a destiny where people were kind of scared with the games of service so it's going to be more like when they release kind of like a witcher witcher had those big yeah. dlc expansions yep where you had to pay a little bit more money it's going to be you know thrown into game pass if you have it um where they can add on and they can be deep stories added on to the same game so yep mm -hmm. now I, I just have to interrupt here because you know you talk about adding all this stuff like after the launch but i do have to raise concerns because obviously we do see it in the state that it's in is this a game that is necessarily ready for launch and are you guys worried that you know it might not have do you guys think that it'll have like what we expect to have it at launch, like a full Halo game, whether that be the multiplayer or uh, the Forge mode, etc.? So I am af what I'm afraid of is, and I know it's not going to release like Sea of Thieves. I know it's not. <laughs> what, I'm what I am afraid of is Xbox release releasing a not an unfinished game, but a uh, basic a basic Halo. You know, and okay, uh, you know this other this other stuff is going to be added on later on in its cycle, and that's what I'm worried mm. about because you and I both know that this game is not going to get any leniency when it comes to you know some of these media reviews and and the public. They're going to be harsh on Halo, and I'm afraid that. It's going to be a complete shit show come November whenever it releases because Microsoft is releasing it as a gas game um, and it's going to be bare bones and it's, we're not going to get I mean, the product. It's not really a games of a service game, really. It has a 
beginning, middle, and complete. They said they have a, it's a complete mm-hmm. story. So you don't need to be like playing all the other Halo games are going to like kind of get you up to speed, especially because people didn't play, a lot of people didn't play Halo Wars 2 to know who the Vanished are. Um, and then mm-hmm. there's other things. It's not like, hey, if you want to even play this, like Destiny, there's just content everywhere where it's just trying to get you to buy the season pass, buy this, like every two yeah, seconds, you may, five expansions, you're still buying yeah. a season pass on top of it. Mm-hmm. Or you may finish the main city. That has a beginning and end, obviously, but you know what's in between that? What's the meat in between that? They haven't gone into specific yeah, details. I to see where Downer's going. Like we all remember, I mean, it's the like launch. what Spider Man did. Like, do you guys remember the launch of Halo Five Guardians? Where I mean, again, they had Forge missing at launch, and it was kind of you know there wasn't yeah. really a lot of maps. Like they already confirmed that multiplayer is going to be there at launch. Uh, Brian Gerard from Three Four Three did say that, but mm-hmm. I mean. You know, I just I, I I am curious what else they have on the table. Obviously, there's still a lot that we don't know about, but I mean, they it's just they can't have another Halo Five Guardian situation where there was a like a really significant mode missing at launch. And I'm sorry, Centron, you're going to say something. What are you going to say? I was saying that it almost seems like a situation that reminds me of uh, the original Division. It had a beginning, middle, and an end. Yes, exactly. When once you hit that end, you hit that wall of well, what the hell do I do now? Yep. yep. And that that one thing that severely affected the division, and by the end of the division's life cycle, that game was night and day different, and it had a huge fan base. But yeah. I definitely would agree, you don't want to repeat that whole pattern of events either. So, and you can see it on a mi- on a macro scale uh, with Minecraft Dungeons. They re- Microsoft released Minecraft Dungeons, very basic. Uh, you can finish the game in five hours, and that you know they added on to that game. What was it? Every three months or something? It seems like it's been out for what two months, three months. I forgot. It came out in May, so probably yeah, three two months. months. Um. But anyway, they added on to that particular game to make it longer. Um, and that's what I'm afraid of, you know, because the when the reviews came out for Minecraft Dungeon, they said it's a very short game. Uh, it's a very basic game. And uh, that is what happened, you know. So that's what I'm but worried about. The difficulty too. levels, too, to where, yeah. okay, you played at this difficult. Let's try this. So, I mean, I... <clears throat> you know, when it comes to Halo, I think you're going to get the full story. Uh, mm-hmm. From what I, I read somewhere, that uh, there's still going to be some continuation on what happened in Halo Five, and I think uh, I think those might be some kind of side missions, maybe not yeah. really uh, kind of help you kind of finish up, you know, what Halo Five had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so- when you open up the map, you see you know, uh, waypoints and this and that. I think there's going to be a lot of other stuff that you can do. Uh, yes. There was something where you could upgrade mm-hmm. your armor. Uh, I don't know what else, maybe your weapons and so on. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. I I think it's going to be a full game, but, you know, like you said, it's a game of service. They're going to be uh, providing new content you know, on a regular basis. Fast so. back, and I'm really excited that Halo Infinite went to the open world. Yeah, uh, me too. I like, am I very excited about the ring. If we can explore right. that whole ring, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yep. Well, so they I'm said very excited about Go ahead, Centurion. Sorry. Like sorry about that. Well, no, they said they were starting off as hub worlds. They originally wanted to go with the entire ring, but I guess <laughs> they <laughs> scaled it back to the hub worlds. 
Um, yeah. But the fact is maybe that is a future endeavor for them to eventually build enough hub worlds to where you have this giant ring. Um, no I know. Sky, huh? It's like No Man's Sky Halo. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted it to where you could actually fly from one side of the ring to the other through the center. Um, and that right there seemed uh, pretty ambitious. So, you know, you can't really fault them for uh, having ambition and wanting to try to create as best game as possible. But they've obviously yes, had that back. Yeah, that's where I'm going with, though. They didn't do enough to sell me on the world. They didn't do enough to sell me on the game. And I think I think fans look at it, the majority of fans look at it the same way. Um, it's still there's still a lot to be desired with you know I mean what's going on with the world? Can you go to different locations? Is there different architecture in in, in some of these locations? Can you go underground? Can you you know it's just those things going down sometime in August? How we're probably going to have an inside Xbox deep dive into Halo Infinite. And the slip space or slipstream game engine, I always get them mixed up. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, I'm gonna we we're probably gonna see a dive in August. Um, that's gonna show a lot about Halo and what they've been working on, and probably more than likely because Halo is a launch title. At the end of that deep dive, you're probably gonna hear a price at least or a pre-order date at the very least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think if it has all those elements, I'm talking about different locales, which I'm, yeah. I'm sure there are, but architecture, can you go underground? Can you go into space? Do you have your own ship? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Those, if those things are answered, I think the game has the ability to be something special. I really do. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think we just got to look at this as this is their first big showcase. And, you know, since we didn't have an E3, maybe by now we would have, learn some of that stuff you know more info on so because it's shown so late in the year uh it looks like they're going to show some more I, i'm pretty sure they're going to have a dedicated show just all halo like they did yeah, halo sure COVID, like you know, delayed, Beats had uh, a big old, uh gameplay on the a multiplayer and stuff like that so i we just got to be patient because what they you know everybody kept bitching about you know, the last show, they didn't show no gameplay, blah, blah. And what did they do? The first thing they start off with is a gameplay demo. And that's what they gave you. Nah, don't don't get me had. started on the show because that whole... <laughs> but I know, but I mean, you know, that's what they had. Now, granted, yes, maybe they could have put something better together to show us. But I, I don't think with yeah. the hour show, you only have so much time. Now, guys, I have to mention this because we've had him on our show. Um, I don't know if anybody was listening to the soundtrack, but it sounded really appropriate, especially when you were like at certain points, when you were going up the elevator uh, and uh, when you were looking at the landscape. And lo and behold, Gareth Coker of uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, Will the Wisps, Ark, he's uh, co-composing the, uh, the soundtrack. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a big, big step up for him. Congratulations, Gareth, if you are listening. Um, man, that guy creates some amazing work, you know. So, good luck, good, you know, good for him. I, th I just think it's a really good fit, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, the one thing you love about Halo is that when you go in and play, the music pumps you up, right? It starts building up as you're getting closer, you know, to your mission end of your mission or whatever 
it's just one of the best things about Halo. Uh, mm. But real quick, you know, on on when I first watched the demo, you know, when you first, you know, I I, I kind of like that that character, uh, the one he's interacting with, the one that kind of saves them, whatever. You know, he's got some spunk. You know, he's got some fire. You know, and uh, he, uh, you know, when once Master Chief, you know, he's the same tone. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I can go here and see the world. Uh, but you go out and it just opens up. Like I, look, I got some shitty SI, so I don't notice, you know, stuff popping in or whatever. Uh, I thought it looked good overall, but one thing I I saw real quick was how quick, you know, the the the, the actions were. You know, the changing of the weapons and just you know jumping back into the warthog and all that. Uh, yeah. You know. It, it, I thought it was good overall, you know. I just, I'm just excited, you know. I can't wait to see more. So, what's mm-hmm. the name of the new threat uh, at towards the end of the uh, the Halo trailer? The banished, the banished yeah. Well, no, well, I the, know the banished, but the the main character that steps oh, up. Oh, I have him. Oh, oh, it no, it's yeah, that no. guy. Oh, it's it's a, a, uh, oh, so Eshram, Yeah, Eshram. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing, and yeah. they did a great job in yeah. delivering. Very, it was very dramatic. Uh, it was a very dramatic piece, and if they could make the story elements like that in the campaign again, I think we're in for a real treat. Um, you think we're gonna have uh, different bosses like that that we have to run into? I hope so. Get, I hope before so. Before we get the Atriox, you know, the final. Well, they gave little teases too, and he was also talking about the Harbinger, which nobody seems to really know what he's alluding to. But I mean, mm-hmm. I have a like me, I don't know. I have a feeling it could be some kind of, um, I don't know. It could be anything really. Maybe a, another forerunner of some sort that he's working with, yeah. or, or even a um a, a primordial. I don't know. Or yeah, a precursor. If, if precursor. Flesh out the Halo world. Like Halo Five did not. Uh, the game's going to be amazing. You know, I think we're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Plus, definitely. hopefully, we get the flood at some point. Yep. Well, there's hints. If it's the Halo ring that a lot of people think it is, a Zeta Halo, I believe. Um, there's supposed to be a flood on there, and also the Palace of Pain. Like this is all from the expanded universe. So uh, sorry if you guys uh, aren't sure, but. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that they're kind of interweaving, and I'm just very curious to see how how it all un- unfolds because, like, we've had a lot of hints the past, you know, little while off and on, and uh, man, like, they're while I, I, admittedly we haven't seen the best that the slip space engine um, has to show us, like, there was a small trailer that they did show afterwards that was a little better. I think it was a more refined build or something and it had better lighting and it had like some better textures on the weapons overall. And it, it seemed pretty good because uh, there was one where you had like master chief. He was uh, swinging from that grapple hook with an energy short sword in his hand and it looked really cool. There was a shock grenade that's uh, new to the series that he threw that bounced around and electrocuted enemies. Like there's a, I'm just thinking of all these cool scenarios for the sandbox that you can do with that grapple hook, and you can pick up the bloody fusion coils too and toss them. Yeah. So, yeah. have you noticed the uh, commercials lately? I've been, I have Sling TV, and I've been, I've seen the, the Halo 
uh, infinite commercial. I'm but, Canadian. I don't get that kind of cool stuff. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of Westworld. Like the Westworld intro. Watch the show. Oh, yeah. Love that show. Mm -hmm. But, uh, all right, guys, we can move on from Halo, but I'm really excited personally for Halo Infinite. Like, I have given a lot of criticism towards 343 in the past, and I have to say that despite some technical uh, hiccups, I'm they got me interested again. They got me really excited because I can't stop, like, just looking at, like, all the, like, the revised artwork and everything, and they got me really interested in the story again. So you know what uh, the fans want. You can you can clearly see that just all everything they're harping back to combat evolved. And I think Chris Lee, he's been there since oh, I think ODST or Halo Three. So he's, I think he's putting it in a great uh, you know great direction. Yeah, but I mean three four three. Didn't they also use to uh, do side work uh, for Bungie back then too? Were they? That's uh, why they were given. The, the job in the first place because they had experience with working on i mean they did have some of the devs from bungie that went over there uh yeah and I, they gave they made well i think we i think we can all agree that what they showed us showed promise remake so that was kind of like their test yeah yeah sorry shock you cut out there but um yeah no it, it definitely shows progress yeah go ahead jeremy yeah, they, yeah. I think what was shown showed promise, and I think that's the you know that's the important thing. Um, I just hope they deliver. That's all. That's all I'm worried about. I hope they deliver. Uh, I hope we get a game that, yeah. yeah, that deserves to be in the you know just in the Halo universe in general, just the game itself. Um, yeah. So yeah, and no, I agree. I mean, before before it releases, they just got to give us a good a great one a look. Overall, you know, to, to sell it, you know, get and, people pumped up when it when it's. And the way they're being, their confidence, just like how the community managers, like how they're just embracing the meme, and just think it's funny because he probably knows that okay, that was the build from that long ago. We actually see what it looks like right now, um, especially like Chris Lee. He came off, you know, like he was had a shit eating grin on his face because I, I think he knows that they have something special. So we'll see. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. Uh, well, hopefully we get something uh, like a whole bunch of news in August about Halo Infinite because uh, they got me curious. They got me really curious and excited. But uh, we'll move on to, you know, obviously uh, the other announcements of the show. And we got a new trailer for Everwild and uh, that looks interesting, but there's no gameplay there. And from what uh, Louise O'Connor was saying that they're still kind of experimenting with gameplay mechanics. Like, is this a game that is going to be really far off? Do you think guys? Yeah, I think we're looking at a 2023 ish, 2024 release date. Oh, really? I don't want to go that far, but I think that's where it hit. It lo looks very ambitious. I would say that I thought it was the best game of the show, believe it or not. Um, I think, um, Rare did a great job showing off uh, their world. Uh, I think Everwild's world, its characters, uh, its creatures, you know, some of the lore that's in the game, uh, even though it was very uh, right back. minimal. <laughs> but I think they did a good job. I think, I think that looks very good. I was really impressed with Everwild. Um, 
it looks like a kind of like a Miyazaki film. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the characters in the game. So we'll see what it is. I think they need to come out in the next month or two and say exactly what the game is because we still don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I think it's important. So even if it's going to be two or three years out. Mm-hmm. And for the record, I don't want to criticize Xbox Game Studios or even Rare for showing another trailer with no gameplay because at least we know about it. Uh, you know, before they were, you know, they didn't want to show a lot of games early in development. But I, I mean, I prefer that personally because at least it kind of gives you an idea of what's down the road, right? And what they're investing yeah. in. I could tell you by watching the trailer, I know it's probably going to be a co op game. It has Can several characters. In it. Yeah, go ahead. To me, Everwild reminds me of Monster Hunter World, but yep. one eighty. But one eighty. Instead of hunting the animals, it seems more like you're trying to. It seems like there's a sub message in the game. Tame. Tame. Basically, becoming uh, a coexisting with nature. Um, yep. You know, so there is definitely a message in this game, and. That's one of the things I love about the Xbox Studios is you get stuff like that where there is a a clear artistic message that is ingrained into the game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh yeah. Well, every you can tell that they definitely have a huge theme going with Everwild. Uh, this uh, whole revolt like revolving um theme about nature and uh, life and death from the looks of it i mean I'm, I'm i'm just assuming things obviously just from what they've shown us the little bits and pieces here but you know yeah centurion refers back to monster hunter capcom uh has done a great job with monster hunter and it's huge ever since the last one came out it's huge in japan and part of the reason why Monster Hunter is such a hit is because, you know, Capcom has done a great job fleshing out the world. It has decent combat mechanics. It's not the best. It's not the greatest. It has great RPG elements in the game. There's a certain level of, well, there's a great deal of exploration in the game. There's so much to do and see in Monster Hunter. That's the appeal of it. And I think if they can hit the mark, with Everwild and make it like that, the blueprint like that, I think they have a hit on the hand, but they have to have a niche. They can't just, you can't just go and tame animals and, you know, you have to have some sort of fighting element in it. Um, and then it has to have great gameplay because, because Monster Hunter does have great gameplay. Um, and at least I enjoy it, but the creatures that you fight are amazing with the boss battles. Uh, even some of the more um, basic creatures in Monster Hunter, they do. I mean, it's just a joy to fight. Um, so I hope it's like that. And I so, think that they're kind of aiming with it. So let's go out on a limb here. Now, what I'm about to say is completely made up out of my mind. <laughs> you could have a situation where, yes, you have an enemy, a dark enemy, like a dark force that probably in your eyes could represent <clears throat> pollution or just something destructive in that nature that affects nature like it does in real life. And you have your character that you create, but you also probably will more than likely have an animal friend that you could go out through. You're going to have to basically find your animal companion that you will tame, and it will be whatever you kind of want it to be. 
or to whatever you're trying to achieve at that time. And it does seem like something that you will go out and have these experiences with friends and it's going to be a living, breathing world, just like yeah. Sea of Thieves. Yep. hundred mm. percent. Oh, yeah. yeah Downer, inter- Downer agreed with Sea of Thieves being a living world, right? <laughs> People agree that it's Heard a living, it. breathing world now. Now. If you ask them uh, about- not even now. I think they, I think they've done a good job. I think the game's in a much more playable state than it was. I think it's in a good state. Uh but man, talk about bare bones, not no pun intended. Come on, sir. Look, look, I've been listening to you every show that you've been down in CFDs ever since at the launch. Come on, sir. You gotta have friends. Did you not have any friends and jump in there? That's the whole point of CFDs. Is that it was a game about playing with friends, but they never said that they were gonna have a all right, fast pack, yeah. you copy, man. I have no friends to gotcha. play with on Sea of Thieves. No. That's why I don't like it. Your, your yeah. buddy, uh, Southbound, lift your ass and didn't even play Sea of Thieves with you. Come on. <laughs> right. The key to really enjoying Sea of Thieves is playing with people uh, from that are British. It gets way better with everybody else having a British accent. Because it's almost get, you get that, like, fable feel. Because that's all... <laughs> So, so this is the problem that I had with Sea of Thieves. I had – it was on my radar. Here we go. I, I was really, no, it was on my radar. And I had – no, not that kind of radar. It was a good radar where I had really high hopes for the game, and I thought it can be something really special, and it still can be. And the way it was released and then the – it just it broke my heart. It really uh, did. I, it really did break my heart. I understand. And I wanted I mean, to put all these hours into the game. Yeah. And one I wanted to put so much time and effort into the game. And at that point, I was just so pissed off about it. I just went all in and trashed the game. I was, mm. I was pissed. Hurt, buddy. I had a lot of fun with it. I almost I'm almost legendary pirate. I, I need to get back in there and get it, but I definitely want to get in there and do that too. But my most memorable Sea of Thieves moment, even though I get to play it with my wife, that's awesome to me. Any game I get to play with her is a blast. But I was playing one night with a buddy of mine and he left and I completely forgot to turn off matchmaking and I turn around and there's a random person on the boat. Yeah. Me and this dude kicked it for hours and, um, it was awesome. I mean, he, we he showed me things about the game I knew nothing about. He was like one of these guys that just preferred to playing the game by himself, but he just happened to turn his matchmaking on that night, and he showed me how to like basically do a, a, a skull fortress, just me and him. It was just me and him when we did the whole skull fortress. So it was really cool to actually interact with somebody who figured out a way to enjoyingly play the game by themselves. And I mean – this dude had legendary status and just, I mean, it was a fun couple hours playing Sea of Thieves with him. Yeah, and I've had those moments too, man, but there were few and far between. But, yeah, I hear you. I mean. Yeah. Well, mm. you know, hopefully, let's turn this back into Everwild. You know, hopefully Rare, you know, they 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 listened to the feedback from what they did with Sea of Thieves, right? That was their oh, first yeah. big, you know, IP a big old share open share world, you know. So if Everwild is going to be that, because you see, you see, in the in the deal, you see four players. It looks like you know you're going to have four player co op, and you could probably do it single player. 
and like uh, Centurion saying, it looks like you're going to have a companion, an animal, whatever. Now, my question is, who's going to be the antagonist? Is it is there something out there trying to uh, harm the environment, the, the animals and all that? Uh, or are there other animals that are dangerous that you have to, you know? And so I, I'm curious to see what the story is going to be, what, you know, besides what we've seen. So I'm mm -hmm. hoping, because if they've been working on this, you know, I'm sure not, you know, the whole Sea of Thieves team is, you know, I'm sure once Sea of Thieves is out, they got a small team working on, you know, the extra content has been coming out. So they had to have been working on this for the past couple of years. So I'm hoping that this comes out uh, next year, either in the fall or maybe in spring or something like that. It's mm -hmm. definitely not. It's definitely not coming out next year. I'll tell you that. Maybe not, but or um, spring of 22. At least let's see some gameplay or something yeah. at that point. Once we hear but, details about the game, I think we'll feel better about it. Uh, so going back to the show itself, um, you know, they showed the st State of Decay 3. Mm -hmm. um, I have mixed feelings about that. You know, it's just the entire show they showed, they showed, uh, you know, some in-engine, uh, no gameplay almost at all. I mean, really the only gameplay they really showed was Halo 3 and a few indie titles and some of the other minor titles that were coming out almost zero gameplay from some of these big, big titles. So how far are these games out? You know, are we talking about two, three years, yeah. four years? And that was concerning to me. They had zero gameplay. They didn't show any gameplay for um, any of Ninja theories games like Hellblade. Mm -hmm. They didn't yeah, show talk about that. Yeah. They didn't show project Mara. You know, and that that's it was a from that standpoint, the showcase was a disaster. You know, well, State Jeremy, of the three. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry, just I didn't I don't mean to interrupt, but just like it was kind of weird how they kind of slipped in the uh that Hellblade announcement where it's like, Oh, we're gonna we uh we don't have any gameplay to show or you know, any other in game stuff, but you know, we're gonna talk about how it's uh we're you know, it's going to be on the island of Iceland, and then that was about it. Couldn't that have been reserved for the pre-show, something like that? Because it just, it kind of, like, felt out of place, in my opinion. Yes, very much so. that trailer they showed at the, you know, Game Awards again, at least. You know, and I get it. You know, COVID has thrown a wrench in just everything. And I'm sure that it's thrown a wrench in some of these developers. Uh, you know, the way they work, what's going on, some of the progress they're making. I'm sure it's been thrown a huge wrench in their plans. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when these games come out, they're not playing the actual, I'm sorry, when they're demoing these E3 games, these games, they're not demoing the actual game. They actually have a separate development team that develop specifically for E3, whether it's a particular level or, um, you know, a particular zone or different gameplay moments. It's tailored to E3, and I don't think, um, you know, I think, again, COVID threw a wrench and everything. I think they had maybe they had more to show, um, but at this point, we don't, um, and I think mm. that's the state. That's the world we live in right now. State Imagine if that's the first time we saw Hellblade 2. Like, I think it would be a much better show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, it, it's going to look amazing. I can tell you right now, I think – it has the potential to eclipse God of War in terms of video 
you know, fidelity and animation and story and just everything in general, I think it it can potentially rival God of War even uh, even more so uh, with Hellblade's world, Senua's world has just so much potential to it. And what yeah. they showed in that trailer in December, back in December, you know, are we getting boss battles? I know we're getting getting different characters. Uh, are we getting different uh, enemies? Are we de- getting different uh, lo- enemy locations? And now with Ninja Theory's budget, I think sky's the limit for them. But we didn't even get Project Mara's progress and what they're doing with that. You know, I'm still yeah, looking. We don't even know how far that's out. Yep. Uh, so uh, I was disappointed in some of these games, the way they were shown. State of Decay 3 looked interesting, but I'm going to wait and see with uh, Undead Labs because, you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, State of Decay 2 just didn't get it done. It looked like an a indie game. It felt like an indie game. It played like an indie game when it, when it first were launched. And that's what I'm worried about. I know Microsoft and Xbox are doing their due diligence and making sure that these these developers have all the talent that they need. I know Microsoft and Xbox are doing a good job on that front. However, you know the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the past. Um, I'm still skeptical on you know some of their development processes. Um, I, I agree. I mean, we still we still need to see more. I mean, look, uh, State of K Undead Labs they. They were an independent studio, you know. They were just acquired from Xbox, so we got to kind of give them benefit of doubt. Now that they have the money, I think State of the K. I love State of the K. I played the first one, loved it. Played the second one, I loved it. Put a lot of time in it, uh, and yeah, there were some issues with it. I mean, it, you know, every game has issues, right? And and they they did admit that they just didn't have enough time to polish up, you know, uh, some of the bugs yeah. there towards the end, but. Uh, <laughs> What I saw with that trailer, I mean, it looked great, and I didn't even know it was Undead Labs at first, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. towards the end, and I'm like, oh shit, you know. So, the money that Xbox is going to be putting them, they've grown the studio, they've done mocapping before. Uh, I'm hoping that from what that trailer is, I'm not going to say it's going to look exactly like that or anything like that, but I'm, I think we're going to get a step. We're gonna get a couple steps up in the in the graphics, the the look of it. Possibly, hopefully, from that trailer, maybe a hint at maybe a single player campaign. But they're still gonna have the other part of it where you kind of build a, a camp and all this and grind and you know maybe in the open share world, who knows? But if some of these trailers now in the past, people were bitching that Xbox. Well, they didn't show, mm-hmm. you know, they're not showing what they're working on. They're not at least teasing us what they're working on in the future, blah, 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 and this and that. So this showcase, they show you State of K3. We don't know when it's coming out. They show you, uh, I, I know Ninja Theory, they gave us a teaser at the playgrounds. That, I, I was hoping they would at least giving us a new trailer, right, a little bit more. That I'm disappointed about because at least they, they kind of teased us already. Uh, and then you go, and then of course you got uh, Avowed, and then you have uh, uh, Fable, mm-hmm. and you look at uh, Forza Motorsport. Now, obviously, these games, I think a lot of the show, a lot of the trailers they showed at the bottom, Xbox One, Series X. But if, but these other ones that are kind of maybe a couple years out, they didn't show Xbox One. So mm-hmm. they, what Xbox did was they tried to listen to people, and they gave us a roadmap a little bit down the road. 
So you're mm-hmm. not going to get gameplay. I mean, look, we've all we're all you know we're all uh, you know hardcore gamers. We've all paid attention to E3s going way back. Have all these E3s? They don't always show gameplay. They all always give us some CG trailer and all this stuff. That's just part of the you know. If a studio is not ready to, sh- to give you gameplay and a trailer, it, mm-hmm. it's what you get. You know. Well, I'm not going to rag we got on. Something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm not going to rag on them for uh, you know obviously showing a, uh, showing a game. I mean, we all pretty much knew that State of D- Decay Three was coming. I was just surprised yeah. surprised because I was surprised I, that I, it showed now, like it showed this soon. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, they uh, yeah. they're really uh, ahead of the game here, which is you know again that's fine. Like I have no problem them showing it off. Like it was a in a way it was you a know, nice surprise. An invader, State of Decay Three can be uh, if they if Xbox put some money into it. It can be a hell of a game. We know that State of Decay Two is already a great system based uh, system based game. You know, has yeah. Yeah. very great system based mechanics, uh, and the gameplay surrounds that. And that part, that core of the game, is actually really good. However, if you can factor in, you know, some of the animation and the graphics and some of the gameplay elements into that. And I think, uh, you know, you can create a story out of State of K3. It could be something special. Again, I'm always going to go back to the potential. Same yeah. thing with Halo Infinite. Same thing with Everwild. <clears throat> you go back to the potential of it if it's done right. Um, I think State of Decay 3 can be uh, Xbox's answer to The Last of Us 2. I really do. The way it was shown, some of the things they hinted at, you know, some of the survival elements into the game. Um, yeah. it was very, uh, is very, um, Last of Us 2 isk, you know, in that play, in that sense. Now they have to deliver on those gameplay mechanics. Now they have mm-hmm. to deliver on, you know, some of the, the fighting mechanics in the game and the gameplay mechanics and round it all off into, you know, something that's very polished as opposed to a indie looking game in State of the K2. Right, no, you're right. I mean, they had no excuse. You got the money back in. Let's see what you can do. You know, yeah. what was your vision that you wanted to do on two that now you can do on three? And the key is Microsoft's giving these new studios time mm-hmm. to make the game they need, you know, to put in the quality they want to put in, make the game they want to make. So I think that's the key to get up to the competition, <laughs> you know, where these need the first party needs to be. Well, speaking of giving studios time, like onto another game though, we had Forza Motorsport announced, and obviously there's no number attached to it, just Forza Motorsport. So it seems like a, a reboot in a lot of ways. Uh, and they showed an in-engine ta- uh, trailer. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be launching with the Xbox Series X, as we all had kind of thought. Um, this ga- guys, does this game seem a little far off too? Yeah, I think uh, I think Xbox and Phil has challenged him to do something different as opposed to For- Forza Motorsport 7 or 8 or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's no longer going to be... I mean, it is going to be a racing simulator. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a sim. Yeah. But, however, they can add a story element to the game. They could add some, you know, some different things to the game yeah. and a fresh reboot like they did with the Assassin's Creed series way back when I think Black Flag came out. Um, they need a refresh in the series because it's 
to me, it's just, you know, I I don't look forward to Forza when it comes out anymore. To me, it's another Madden 2000, you know, 2021, 2022, NBA 2K, whatever. But it's one of those games. You don't look forward to Forza when it comes out because it's basically the same game as it was the previous year. You know, that's probably why they took extra time. Yeah, if you can create an experience to where they're just building off it, kind of like what they're doing with Infinite, um, I think that's more um, intriguing to me. You know, building off the series because I'm just tired of getting these games every year. I'm not tired of getting Forza Horizon. Well, I'm even getting tired of Forza Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> well they had yeah it is kind of long in the tooth at this point just they need something another racer in my opinion to kind of space these out but yeah. you know maybe bring back project gotham racing or midtown madness or something right just to properly space them out and give these studios more time and i'm glad that they're already doing that with obviously turn 10 and forza motorsport i got no problem waiting a little bit longer just i think we all kind of like we're expecting that it would be kind of closer to launch or at launch so it's just kind of interesting that they're taking a little more time on this one and yeah. imagine what they're gonna do now when since day one since they came into the you know gaming community they've been beating out a Grand Turismo each time. And it's like, this studio is going to take how many years to make it? Well, Grand mm-hmm. Turismo doesn't come out every year like Forza does. So it's more of a, of a uh, you know, it's more like Madden. Actually, Grand like, Turismo doesn't come out for, what, five years? Six years? Yeah, but seven originally, years? one, two, three, and four, weren't they like every other year, every three years? Or the so? same time frame Grand Turismo typically makes... Yeah, mm-hmm. on, on the PlayStation 3, you mean, right? Or wait, no, that was on PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Yeah, they came. Yeah, yeah. and then they, they dialed and back two, a little bit on the PlayStation uh, 2 yeah. and 3. Three. Uh, and now 4. Um, they, they scaled things back a little bit. Yeah, the sport where they come out with the prologue. Or, and yeah, that's the sport. problem with the problem with coming out with these games every year or even every other year. They just get stale. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that you know when the Forza Motorsport they were coming out every other year, uh, and you know uh, I think six was pretty good. Uh, three was one of my favorite. Seven we had some issues, especially online. So I'm sure they looked at all that and they saw the criticism. They had to take the time off. They had to go, you know, I think think they're getting a a new engine, aren't they? To build this. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And like, uh, like invader said, I, I love horizon, you know, one, two and three was good for me. And I was hoping that they were going to drop that horizon name and kind of go a different direction. Still have that open world. So I'm hoping that they take their time on that and get, get, Get rid of the Horizon name. Do something maybe, you know, a little bit more nitty-gritty, you know, like a Need for Speed type deal, you know. Ugh, Need know. for Speed. Ugh. Well, not exactly like <laughs> that, but if you want something good, you know, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Project Gotham in between would be great. Give them at least three years in between or so, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, just to give some distance, like, you know, like I still – I've had um, – 
Horizon 4 since launch, and I still haven't uh, popped it in yet, to be honest with you, because I've been finishing up other stuff. And it's like, I love the Horizon series. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'll, I'll always tout it. It's just, uh, you know, they were getting a little too many iterations. Wait, in Invader, don't go, feel go, bad. I'm in the same situation. <laughs> I have oh, the yeah. ult I've I bought the uh, uh, ultimate edition and I've been kind of sitting on it since launch. Oh, oh boy. Dude, it, it is a, a beautiful the cars and the thing. Sometimes you you see a picture or you take a photo, you know, in the game. God, it, it almost looks realistic, you know. You're like, "Whoa." Mm -hmm. Yeah. My nephew loves that. If you see my profile and you see me on Xbox Live and I'm playing Forza Horizon 4, it's my nephew. He's playing it. <laughs> He loves he that game. Parts. Yeah, he plays the Lego. Yeah. He plays the Storm Island or whatever it's called. Yeah. But he loves that game. But yeah. I, like y'all were saying, uh, they kind of scaled back. They got done away with the uh, like uh, sequels and numbers. You know, they did Halo Infinite. They're doing that with Motorsport. So uh, Motorsport's probably going to do the same thing like Infinite. It's going to be a, a, I, I don't see him doing another Motorsport for at least another five years. And they're just going to keep support, keep supporting it. You know, like that. So, yeah, they're really making them uh, platforms onto themselves and just uh, constantly adding to them rather than creating uh, iterations every two years. So, yeah, like Fable. It's not every thought maybe it'd be Fable 4, but it's not. Well, I kind of figured it would be a reboot because new studio and it's been like 10 years, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, I think they could have found a better studio to do it. Well, we don't know. We don't know. They've been staffing up for yeah. We don't know. We we really don't know what they have. They have some Everybody guys from thinks... Minehead and a little bit everywhere. That's, I was gonna say yeah. there's enough talent there. I I feel yeah. really optimistic about the product that they're. Let's just at least put it this way: they are known for giving quality, and yeah. that's that says something. Yeah. At the same time, what have you done? I mean, they really haven't created. Uh, <laughs> really anything besides the horizon series that's and, what they're and doing they've done and they've done that. wonderfully well at doing that and yeah. i think it's really awesome that they're now getting to the chance to branch out and you know i think it's really awesome like i if i'm right the story goes that they yeah. asked microsoft to let them do like an rpg style game and they were showing them the ideas they were having and i guess it just went as follows that you know, Phil Spencer asked, well, well, how would you guys feel about making your ideas into Fable? And, yeah. you know, could you imagine being a developer, especially with people from Lionhead working there, all of a sudden being like, well, wait a minute, you'll give us the Fable franchise from over there? Like, I'm pretty sure there's people that work at Turn 10, I mean, not Turn 10, Playground Games right now that are just chomping at the fact that they're able to work yeah. on Fable once again. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it, Invader. I'm worried about it in certain Centurion because we're talking about a whole different uh, can of worms here as opposed to a racing game. Racing games are some of the easiest to develop for in terms of, you know, I mean, just in terms well, of physics, in terms of uh, just the, the basic uh, can I, uh, level design of, of a racing game. They also have a game. lot of talent from Rockstar that they uh, – so when you but, add in some of the I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just wondering, but you say your uh your nephew or your cousin plays a lot of Horizon 4. What is your opinion on the detail? Not the tracks, I'm talking the environment that those cars are racing in, that that English country setting. 
that is complete with not only, a, I believe it has a day and night cycle, but also a season cycle. So I'm at two, uh, I have two opinions about it. Yes, it looks beautiful. But at the same time, when I've played uh, Horizon 2, Horizon 3, and you start going into some of the cities and some of the, it's very basic, very basic. There's hardly any detail. Um, and it's, to me, it's very simplistic. Um, so that's what I'm saying. As far, as far as a racing game goes, it's much easier. Now you throw in the fact that they're creating Fable, which has a totally different world. Um, and you throw in different caves or different enemy designs and different, it's a whole can of worms, you know, and, and, but in terms of, to answer your question, I think it would, it didn't impress me. And that's just my opinion. Um, I think some of the things they did well were, you know, it's just the landscapes in general were really nice. Um, I like the track designs and some of the tracks that they felt organic and you know some of the ramps were really well placed and some of the environments were excellent some of the weather the weather effects that uh infected infected um (laughs) (laughs) kind of you know the it it improved the gameplay you know some of the weather effects that took place in it um and i think those things they did well if you look at the building structures and some of the houses that you know there's a very basic Oh, it's gonna. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. It's very basic. Now that could be deliberate in itself, though, yeah, because you it know is. you're wanting to put more detail in the cars in than the you car, are the the, yeah. the the house you're passing at 200 miles an hour. The street has more detail <laughs> yeah, than the. Yeah. So, but that's where I feel <laughs> they've done a one. I have at least drove around at least in the first race or two of Horizon Four. I have played the game. I've checked it out. Um. One thing I really do see um, Playground Games doing is bringing in what they've done when it comes to creating those landscapes and environments in Horizon 4 and also probably wanting to bring in that the season's style cycle. Like, honestly, I feel like they're going to create a game that is going to literally... I, I mean, it's going to be jaw-dropping if it turns out to be what at least what my crazy imaginative mind creates. Yeah, because they... they- you know, like we were talking about earlier, they brought in people who do have the skill to work on those open world RPGs, uh, environments, and so on. So, you know, kind of mix in with the the talent that they had on Horizon. Yeah. If some of those are over working on this fable, and uh, I, if they have the right management, you know, some person who knows how to make sure everybody is, you know, doing what they need to do for something like Fable. Plus. Project uh, Playground being a British developer is perfect because we saw that that humor, you know, in the, the trailer, the teaser with the the, the toad eating. Uh, yeah, Fastback. Tinkerbell. Fastback. That's another thing that irritated me. This game, I think, has been in <laughs> long development. I mean, it's what's been like three years, four years at least. Yeah, it's three to two. Well, supposedly it had started out as a new IP and then Microsoft was looking for, you know, studios to bring back Fable, right? And it's been in development for at least two years, over two years, for sure. Since before they bought them. So, right. Yeah. So, why not have any gameplay? At all, not even a snippet, not even like a five second, 10 second trailer, zero gameplay. 
It was a you short trailer. They're ready for that. Like you know, the focus this year is is Halo Infinite. That's the big game this year. Yeah, I think they're gonna say Fable. If Fable's been worked on the past two two and a half years, it may be ready for next fall. And you know, and they, you know, Aaron Greenberg said, you, "You're gonna, we're gonna keep getting some info on." Yeah. All the way up till next summer. They're not gonna yeah. wait until E three. So who's to say Yeah, but you know what? When you have the world the world watching and to see what Xbox I think that's why there was I such, think there's a lot of um, people that are happy with the fact that Microsoft just confirmed Fable. I know. I yeah. mean, because like literally it has been the worst best kept secret in uh gaming. In all of gaming. Oh, but you, all had of gaming. Chance, you had a chance to show the world what xbox is capable of and in turn i don't think they did they they hit the mark you know and that's just an opinion you know it's, now what do you mean capable of like what are you looking for and capable okay they had they had a chance to show their cards and they showed their cards but not the way they should have showed their cards which just go all out and show what you know show everything reveal everything show gameplay you know reveal details about something um i don't think they did a good job in terms of just i think they did a, they did a good job with game pass you know this is going to be all these games are going to get game beyond game pass day one you know you have stuff something to look forward to it's just I don't know. I just to me, they didn't do enough to show the world to to invest for people to invest into Xbox. Now, guys, so that's a an RPG that we were sorely lacking uh, this gen, right? Like Fable was missing in action for a while. Now, another, and I'm again, I am totally happy seeing Fable back as much as you know I want new IPs as well. Fable does deserve to come back and it would have been nice to see some gameplay, but I think Centurion was right when he said, you know, a lot or I can't remember if it was Centurion or Fastback no, that, you know, just seeing the Fable like just seeing something there like and confirming is important, you know, period. But um Obsidian had a huge presence at the showcase and we got a grounded trailer. Obviously that's uh coming to game uh, preview. Uh, I think in a week. Yeah, that's right. And we had an outer worlds expansion trailer and they had a third announcement for their new big RPG in development called avowed. And it's based in the pillars of eternity world. And it appears to be a lot like a lot of people are comparing it to like elder scrolls games. What do you guys think about it? Hell yeah. New IP. Um, yeah, pretty sick. <clears throat> that dark fantasy. Kind of like a... Could be their Elder Scrolls type. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, that's where I keep hearing Elder Scrolls, and this is where, right now, with the situation going on over at Bethesda and whatever is going on over at Bethesda, I feel Obsidian really does have a good chance of going head to head with Elder Scrolls and probably stealing some of their thunder. A hundred percent. Since yep. you're on, when they purchased Obsidian, they get a bargain. You know, oh, we've yeah. seen, we've seen Obsidian's previous efforts in, you know, the Star Wars series with Knights of the Old Republic. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was the Sith Lords. Um. 
we've seen the previous efforts with Fallout New Vegas. We know what they're capable of doing. We've seen it with the, the Outer Worlds. Um, we're not. I'm not worried about Avowed at all. I think it's going to be uh, Xbox's answer to uh, Elder Scrolls, the Elder Scrolls series in general. Um, and I think it's going to be amazing when that game comes out. You've seen, I think it was interesting when they shot up that arrow and it kind of went through the landscapes and it showed, you know, some of the areas that you potentially could visit along with being underground and, you know, just, it looked amazing, you know, and I, I really enjoyed whether it was in, that last part was in engine or not. I think the, the jury's out on that still, but what we've yeah, seen was, from uh, that. It's not CGI because there's aliasing on the uh, sword, so it's not CGI. Okay. That's what Digital Foundry said. Yep. So what I seen from that was very impressive, and based off their proven track record, I know it's going to be an amazing game. Just like mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to, believe it or not, I'm looking forward to Grounded. I think I think yeah. ground, people are going to be really surprised about. Uh, ungrounded what that what that game is going to be like i think that game is going to have a lot of legs to it we're going to check um, that out together yeah let's let's play it but i think that's going to be an excellent game and i'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to that uh in the next few days here you know we get to play it uh it's going to be one of these games in progress and, and uh, i heard so many people, people saying are underestimated canceled that game no what? people are like underestimating that game like they People shouldn't have let Obsidian show that off. Be the first game that they show off. They should have canceled it back when they showed <laughs> hey, off the XO nine. That was actually that was one of their be better trailers. Actually, with the the whole cyberpunk yeah. thing, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was fun. It was like the maker of games. Nothing like this game. <laughs> People are really underestimating grounding. I think it's going to be one of these sleeper hits. It has a lot of potential, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Uh, Obsidian had a huge bloody presence there. Like people have no idea what uh, Microsoft walked away with when they bought Obsidian. I I knew what they had personally, but damn, that's uh, they're turning into like one of the crown jewels of their studios already. Um, now there was you know also some other new IP announced uh, from independent studios that have signed on with uh, the global publishing. And I don't know if you guys caught it. There was a game called As Dusk Falls, and it's it's an exclusive game by some Quantic Dream devs or ex-Quantic Dream devs, and it's like a stylized interactive drama. Uh, how do you guys feel about that game? Yeah. Sorry, uh, nearly have a lot of those with um, mm -hmm. Don't Nod, and there's just so many games like it. Um, kind of yeah. like the, um, you know, kind of like with the arena, the arena shooters and the arena fighters. It's just, it's, you know, the, the gaming saturated with them. Like so, I mean, the story elements, and you know, I like a good story, and maybe I'll play it because. It, potentially has a good story but um it doesn't pull me in like a um like someone don't nods uh previous games mm -hmm. yeah but you know what the thing is like stuff like this like it's not my cup of tea but the thing is this show was was showed a little bit of everything for everybody right so like my daughter yeah. noticed like she'll play this she loved the uh 
the other ones that they were playing the uh you know the episodes uh, and this this one the episode's going to drop here I think in August so it's mm-hmm. got an audience uh, and if the story's good you know people come back and play the second episode you know see yeah. that's the one thing i at least wanted to say like this is not my cup of tea at all um but I can't fault the fact that this is one thing that I like about Microsoft on how they give developers uh, like this a chance to have a little bit of spotlight time, spotlight time, a little stage time um, to kind of get their product out there. Otherwise, a lot of times they would just be swallowed up by all these triple uh, A's. No, that's true. No, that's very true. Um, I mean, Xbox isn't doing anything different since you're around. I mean, Steam has been doing this since steam first began you know and pc and what do you mean been, well in terms of the content that's allowed in, in on the steam marketplace and well the content that's allowed but <clears throat> what i meant by stage time is you know that that little one hour segment of time i can only imagine the price tag that was associated with not only creating that but also just the streaming it in general just for everybody to enjoy um but that's where I just Microsoft Steam I've even heard has a very convoluted store algorithm that developers don't even know what they're paying for because they think they're getting top listed and then they're not Um, that's where you were talking about uh, you know the the production and, and you know how much Xbox is put forth into their showcase and I, I do at that time I do want to take my my hat off to Xbox. They did a great job. Uh, you know, I think the production in the showcase was excellent. It was very well put together. It was high quality. It was so much better than Sony's. It was exciting. Um, I just think overall they did a great job with the show producing it. Um, they did spend, like you said, Cinturon, they spent a shit ton of money, um, probably putting this together. And I just, it felt like an E3. It, it really it, did in terms of got the E3 to come out and be all world premiere, you know, like I thought right. that was funny. And also, um, it was great to see that this whole event literally was about games. You go back and watch yeah. PlayStation show. I'm sorry. I'm not dissonant but i mean they had these large sweeping shots of the console i mean like literally this show from xbox was games 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 a little bit of game pass but games Mm -hmm. i was really entertained with xbox's uh, effort it it was really well done and i agree 100 percent now, guys i have to say too they they had all kinds of i had mentioned this earlier uh in our show too there was all kinds of xbox launch exclusives or whatever or Mm -hmm. xbox like and pc exclusives and they had a lot of variety there and there was a lot of surprises they had stalker 2 on there which a lot of people that actually that game has a lot of people that wanted a sequel to it it showed up that's like a survival sci-fi game uh warhammer 40,000 dark tide uh made by fat shark they do the uh the vermin tide games nobody was expecting that to be there and that's a console launch exclusive as well like that's huge and not only for for xbox but also the pc and the ecosystem as a whole and it's just like wow they had a lot of games there 
Yeah, they make vermin tie, like you just said, Invader. Pay attention to what Phil plays. And Phil, what Phil plays, he actually likes, and he'll go actually go out and you know try to get some of these creators to come to Xbox and and get some of these games into the system, onto the system, onto the ecosystem. Um, pay attention to that. I know some of you have them. How many of you have Phil on your friends list? Yeah, I got him. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So pay- I know he don't play games as much as he used to because he's a busy guy, but. Again, when he does, pay attention to what he plays. Uh, you've seen him on the, uh, you know, on the Warhammer Vermintide uh, bandwagon a few times, playing that game. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I'm- me, I know me and South has played with him that particular game, and he, it's it's pretty good. That game's really good, actually. Yeah, I was just playing it the other day. I mean, I love. Uh, first of all, I'm a huge Warhammer fan. I have been for yeah. ages, like for years, <laughs> in my early teen days. But uh, more so the 40k universe. But did you ever buy the board game, the Space Hulk one? Uh, no, I, I always didn't. wanted to. But... Ooh. I mean, shit. I also I had I worked for Games Workshop for a little bit too. But uh... yeah, and that, those shits were expensive. So, <laughs> oh, don't get me started. You, an arm and a leg for one little pewter model. <laughs> oh, I you really? I purchased my space my space hole game when it first came. I was like 150 bucks. Now it's worth. I think the box I have, the edition I have, it's worth like 600. Damn! Holy moly! Um, so, guys, I have to say, so I mean, there again, there were all kinds of announcements, but what was also interesting was. What was noti- noticeably absent from the showcase? I mean, games like Battletoads, uh, Flight Simulator, again, which is coming up for PC uh, later I, in August. I don't care about that. I do care about um, <laughs> Hellblade not being shown there. I was <laughs> furious over that. I was like, what? Well, yes, uh, but what about there's? I mean, there's a few things that are missing in action. Uh, Gears Tactics. Somebody was mentioning in the yeah. uh, the yeah. Uh, chat. Uh, also, yeah. what about the Cuphead DLC? No, yeah. I mean, it's coming. Games, but... We know these games are coming. They were revealed. Was it actually? There's something that's kind of flying under the radar about Gears Tactics. On it came out saying that it was optimized for Series X. You guys, or was that Gear? Yeah, I could have swore I saw something that Gears Tactics was going to be optimized for Series X. All I know is Gears 5. That's about it. I yeah, Gears 5 will be, along with Sea yeah. of Thieves. Yeah. I could have swore I read something else about being Gears Tactics because I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not going to look be, that up. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. It will anyway. be. I mean, if XCOM works on Xbox and a bunch of other cover-based shooters, then it's coming for sure. At uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there, like, there's a supposed Xbox uh, August event coming. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm still if pulling for Perfect Dark. I still say that account is Microsoft. I swear to God, there's no freaking way that it's just a fan. <laughs> well, it's interesting because remember, guys, uh, when rumors a couple of weeks ago about uh, there was leaked twitter handles and fable was one of them and aaron greenberg was like oh no 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 this is nothing this is just something that we usually do and both were microsoft accounts which we know the fable is now the official account as we Mm -hmm. knew it would be and he said the other perfect dark game 
was also why would he say like oh yeah that's a microsoft account he could clearly say no it's not our account especially how it turned got turned into like a this guy saying yeah i was just a fan and i made this twitter handle and ken lob followed me the same month i created it and it had no followers or pictures or no tweets <laughs> why would he follow you makes no sense why did he follow perfect dark at perfect dark like <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. People do some investigative work and they find out real quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, really? no, absolutely. Like, that's something that's, you know, I mean, that's an interesting development to say the least. And, and those, uh, that person's tweets are a lot of promotion. Like, you can kind of, it feels like some yeah. community person is behind. Well, also, tweets. Also, Eric, did you notice that uh, they're not following? I don't think it says that they're following anybody, but a lot of people are now starting to follow that account. And you're right. Like they keep asking, oh, what games would you like to see? And uh, so on. Like there's a lot of general questions being asked they're there. And it's just like, oh, I'm a perfect dark, you know, fan account. And it's just about perfect dark. And I was like, no, they're. T- they blew know. their cover. Plus, it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any I think that's why they made that a fan account because like everybody knew about Fable. Because everybody's been talking about it, like even Eurogamer uh, Digital Foundry was saying, like you know, they had leaks about it. A lot of peers, but no one really knew of a Perfect Dark game, other than that, like kind of a hint tweet that Phil sent out. But then when you saw yeah. this handle up there, it was like, and Ken Mobs following it, and then Aaron's like, yeah, this is seeing nothing, and they're like, oh, okay, we can kind of spin that one. You know, but shock. Know. Maybe that Ninja Gaiden. Well, that one's officially not it because that one's not even a Twitter handle anymore. That person like just changed it to troll. <laughs> yeah. Now there was right the article came out, and then you and then you have the fact that I know Itagaki San doesn't work for Tecmo any, anymore, but that relationship's done. But who yeah. knows? Maybe they're making another yep. new game. Although they did have an interview with uh, Team Ninja. They were saying, we know people want a new Ninja Gaiden game. So that was months back, but like January when they said that. So hopefully. And it's amazing, guys, what internet sleuths pick up like right before the pre-show even started. Because the day of the Xbox uh, showcase, there was a Banjo-Kazooie. It got re-trademarked. The same day. Do you guys think there's something there? Could be for August. Maybe. Could very well be. I mean... So is Sony coming out with a showcase in 10 days or something like that? A rumor. That's uh, rumor. rumor. They still haven't officially said anything. Yeah. Right. But, yeah but like uh, some of these games that, y'all, you know, like Gears Tactics and uh, Battletoads, I think they're saving those. If those are going to be launch games, let's, you know, like we're over here asking, well, what is launching? What exactly? I think, I think when they actually have a show focused on Series X, I'm sure they're going to announce these are the games that are going to launch with the Series X. Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to be talking about like that kind of stuff in the next show, um, uh, because there have been hints at that. But we would be seeing their other studios that. Yeah, uh, Aaron Greenberg did say it. something was coming up in August. I well, think yeah, Matt, still Matt Booty said it in the stream. He's yeah. like, hey, you can yeah. notice we didn't see some of these studios. Well, we, we're mm-hmm. going to show them to you later this year. So. Yeah, you got mm-hmm. six more studios. 
Now, I think this is going to be my last question of the evening, guys, uh, before we head out. But did this stream properly highlight the Xbox Series X, like the games for it, do you think? I don't uh, think that's what the showcase was about. They did tease some stuff that would be for Series X, like Medium. They kind of showed you, like, this is how this is going to be played and look on, on the series because that's what the Series X can do, right? And you saw Ori show off the 120 difference between, you know, the old Ori and, and uh, being played on Series X. But I think overall, this was not a showcase for Series X. It wasn't trying to sell you on Series mm. X. It was selling you on Xbox ecosystem, right? which everything is on Game Pass. So I know yeah, some people Game are disappointed because they wanted a reason to, to buy Series X, but that's not what the show was about. You know, wait till the next one or so. I think it was a little bit more of a, a roadmap of things to come. Yeah, it was a good uh, start, yeah. You know, reasons on why you should think about upgrading um, because they did say they do plan to support the S for about, I mean, the Xbox One S for about two years or the Xbox One ecosystem for about two years. So they just wanted to show kind of the roadmap of what you're going to get probably in those two years and uh, definitely why you should upgrade within those two years. They definitely sold on the future of Xbox for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, did they sell you? Now, what their intention wasn't to sell you on the on the box alone, and maybe that was the point. You know, the right. point sell you on Game Pass and to sell you on their other services like XCloud. That was the point, but I think even that was a little muddled, so to speak. But I don't know. Um, they did sell you on the future for sure, and then I think that's a good thing. I think we. I think uh, as gamers, we kind of react to the moment and, and don't look down the line. At least I do. You know, I know I'm I'm at fault for doing that. Oh, um, we know you do. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the future is bright for Xbox. Um, is it the show that I would have done? Pro no, absolutely not. But I'm not in charge of, uh, you know, I'm not in charge of Xbox. Thank God. <laughs> but you could do the pre-show though so that's dude I could said do you could. Down, downer's <laughs> in charge of xbox first thing he'd do would be like hey does anybody got Dan, don matrix phone number <laughs> just bring don back yeah so don what do you think how phil's done so far oh. uh, <laughs> i'm at two uh two tails on this i think I know it takes time. You know, these business deals take time. They take a lot of effort. It doesn't happen overnight. And again, I'm a, I'm the kind of person that wants, wants, wants now, now, now. That's the way I'm built. That's the way I am. Yeah. And I I can identify that and I and I see that. Do I think Phil does things as fast as I would like them to to happen? No. You know, and maybe that's a good thing. That remains to be seen, though. You know, it, it remains to be seen whether or not these games and all their investments are going to live up to expectations. That remains to be seen. We can't say that yet. We can't say that based off previous efforts. We can't say that based off the last, you know, five or six years. I like the fact that we're getting a generation right now that is the leadership that is starting the generation is going to be there with it, at least through the beginning of the generation. I'm not saying Phil Spencer or anybody's going anywhere, 
I'm just saying they're in a position where once the Series X launches, it doesn't look like it's just going to all go to hell and they all have to find new jobs. I mean, you can look at it right mm. now. You can tell this next generation that like second half or early mid is really going to hit for them. They're going to have they're going to have, you know, you know, banger, you know, <laughs> after banger from Obsidian's avowed dropping, you know, yeah. Ninja Theory initiative. Matt Gallagher, I know they got a lot of talent there. So I think it's just, it's going to be big for them, kind of like how it was big for Sony this year when they got all of that kind of in order last yeah. generation and it hit big. They didn't have much at, you know, at the start, but that second half, they really had it heavy handed. So, you know, I, and I could foresee them buying a couple of, of new studios. I could foresee them buying some more talent to come and work for these other, their 15 other studios. Um, I believe it's 15, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I could see Game Pass coming, you know, being something that is the future, meaning, you know, we can subscribe to Game Pass for $9.99 a month. We're going to get a new game every month because they have the studios working on it, backing it up. That'd be something to see. Um, we're going to get you know, double A and triple uh, A experiences at the same time, they're going to have indie devs, you know, creating for game pass. And I think once a month game pass is going to be a thing for us, you know, game, once a month, we're going to look forward to some of these games that are coming out every single month when they finally get into a rhythm, when they finally get into a, uh, you know, just, uh, a habit almost of making these games every month. Yeah. And I think we're going to get to that point. Um, eventually that's down the line. I don't think it's going to happen to anytime soon, but again, the future is bright for Xbox. Does it happen as fast as I would like? No. So I think that destiny yeah. was a big get for game pass. You're getting all of that yeah. content and you're getting the new drop, the one that they're working on now for September. Yeah. That one's going to straight to Game Pass Day 1 as well. That's kind of like a big, you know, it's not like a big AAA game because it's just an expansion. But still, that's pretty big. And this So is the expansion is coming to Game Pass? Yep. Yeah. yeah all I missed all of them. And the new September. one that's dropping in September. September. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. You can tell Always that. By the season passes, so that's kind was of that in the show, or did I miss an article back. somewhere? It was on the show. It was there. Oh my god. Yeah, it's when that uh, forget her name um, came on. She had like the keys on her shirt or whatever. Oh right. Yeah. Wait, isn't Destiny free anyway? Right now, it's it's free base, to play. Just the base no, the game. game. You, not Shadow uh, Keep. Not whatever the. Other, the other expansions. Yeah, the yeah that's huge. Yeah. That's huge, actually. Shit. Yeah, yeah that I mean, like, that's just totally wow. Again. And yeah. it's amazing how friendly they're getting again with Xbox and Microsoft. Just think about <laughs> it. This is really the <laughs> smartest it out way there. to attack. Well, they're no uh, longer being led around by the hand by Activision. Yeah. No, no, no. You're not allowed to go play with him, remember? <laughs> this is definitely the smartest play to come at uh, Sony, if you think about it, they're selling you on Game Pass, not like on the console, but the ecosystem. So you'll you'll feel like, man, I really just want to play on my Xbox, whatever platform, PC, mobile, whatever that is, because there's so much there to play. And sure, I'll buy a PS5 for Windows, you know, big AAA exclusives drop. 
but I'll just play those exclusives. That's it. I'll use it for that, but I'll be locked into Xbox's ecosystem because there's so much on so much content on Game Pass. It's oh, like yeah. a stupid deal, dude. Every game not. I've been playing so far has been straight from Game Pass. Like I, yeah, I, I just beat uh, Observation and I'm playing uh, Carry On right now. Almost done there, so I I love it. You know whether value. you have. Whether you're a hardcore gamer like myself uh, who purchases a lot of content, you know, I have over a thousand Xbox games in on my hard drive right now ready to play. What Game Pass heck? is still a great deal for me because it comes out with the new, you know, I don't have to buy these new games that are coming out. I can play them on Game Pass. If I like them, I have the option to purchase them. I don't have to buy some of these really intriguing indie titles and, and great indie titles are coming out on the on the platform. I can yeah. sit there uh, and play for, you know, endless gameplay for, for hours upon hours on Game Pass. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, that's the great deal behind it. Yeah, and I, I don't get why people keep trying to, well, you know, with all these games coming to Game Pass, how the developers making money? It's like, that's not that's not for me to know. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Believe I'm there to me, play they games. They weren't making money from this. I, I they know. would not it, be pushing it so exactly. hard. They are obviously, they obviously able to are sell Game Pass, and they're showing these other developers and publishers, like, hey, look, look, this is what we can do for you. This is what we can yeah. offer you. You know, the, the attention to your game, it, it, it spikes up to where your game is getting this attention, and then it drives up sales. I mean, Carry yeah. On just announced not, uh, uh, the other day that they had record sales, uh, all you know, yeah, they're on multiple platforms, but they're in carry on's crazy game, yeah. And I, I'm lucky to where um, I don't have to purchase Game Pass all Ultimate for about two and a half years. So, yeah, Xbox yeah. gave me they're I should have very nice enough when I did the deal. <laughs> yeah. So what what happened was they when I went to E3, uh, the Fan Fest, they gave us. Uh, you know, X amount of years in Xbox Live, X amount of years in uh, Game Pass. And with that deal, um, you know, it worked out to where if I upgraded, it automatically gave me those those years left over on my Xbox Live. So I'm set for Game, uh, game Pass Ultimate for, uh, you know, two and a half years. Nice. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing too, right? It's not even just like it's the ecosystem itself that's bringing everybody in. Even PC guys are coming in now, and it's um, you know it's drawing all kinds of activity on the platform. Yeah, so. I got a buddy at work. He's a PC guy, and I introduced him. I said, "Hey, you need to try Game Pass." So he did, and now he likes it. He's playing games that he normally wouldn't have played before, and plus, he's happy that he could play Halo with a buddy of his. You know, uh, his buddy's on console. So yeah. Yeah. I wish I do wish they would get everything that's going into Game Pass that's also on PC Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass. If a mm. game's on both, they really need to make sure that we can do cross save because that's the only hiccup I have with it. Like when I was playing Metro, I could only I had to choose whether I enjoyed it on PC or the console. I couldn't mix and match because the save wouldn't carry over. So it, the save works for their first party games, but some of the third party content. It would just kind of make it all go together a little bit better, but I don't yeah. know if that's a 
Right, right. Well, again, guys, it, I thought it was a pretty good show um, overall. It like there was a lot for everybody, and I'm just excited. Like they're they got all kinds of launch exclusives coming up for the Series X, and it sounds like in August, you know, just around the corner, they're gonna have a lot more to show off. Uh, so just exciting times. I was pretty happy, and despite what everyone says, I'm looking forward to Halo. So. Yeah, there's that. But on that note, we're going to end off tonight's show. And honestly, a really fantastic show unpacking all the reveals and trailers during the Xbox Games Showcase. And again, there was just a huge amount of uh, stuff to cover. We didn't cover all, all of it, but we got to we got to most of it, though. And I got to say, guys, you know, to everyone that joined us tonight, thank you all for tuning in. And if you happen to like what you heard, then hey, definitely consider dropping a like, share the sucker out and subscribe to keep up to date on future TXR shows. We certainly like that you uh, stick around. That's for sure. And without further delay, let's get to some of the outros and beginning with our wonderful guest from NLG Fastback. Hey, bud, it was it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, you're awesome. Where can everybody find you at? Hey, thank you, Vader, uh, Shockley, Centurion, Downer. This was awesome being on with you guys first time. So look forward to more. Uh, you can catch me on the, the original Next Level Gaming. Uh, you can see my buddy Mike in chat. <clears throat> Check us out on YouTube. Uh, we come on every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, you know, going back in 30 minutes has worked out great for us. So we welcome everybody, you know, come in and get some good content, just like here on TXR, you know, quality guys, good gamers. And also, you know, hey, shout out. We're part of the Gamers United Guild. So, you know, support yeah. and be supported. So, you know, appreciate you guys. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Gamers United Guild, great crew. I saw J-Dubs here earlier and uh, Mike and a few others. Definitely great crew over there. Uh, next, uh, we'll hit up the TXR guys. Uh, Jeremy, buddy, awesome stuff tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Well, um, first of all, shout out to my buddy uh, John, Mr. John um, for NLG. And also, um, oh my God. What's his <laughs> Mike. Name? Mike. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, I lost Mike, you. Got your name already. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> you can find them. You know, they're they have a great show. I really enjoy their show. Um, take a look at Appreciate it. Appreciate it, brother. Um, yep, and it's good stuff. Um, Definitely they have like some love nice... to get you on there, and all you guys. You know, yeah, they have, you guys have some nice stuff guests like. going on now. Um, some stuff to look forward to. So yeah, watch the listen to those guys. Don't follow me. You don't want to hear me. You don't want to see me. Um, but yeah, those guys are class acts. They're great guys in the community. Um, and they're just great. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Definitely, definitely. Uh, definitely give those guys a follow uh, if you haven't already. Uh, Centurion Pal, good stuff. Where can everybody find you? Uh, you guys can always find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Xbox Live at Centurion1307. I also kick it here with you gentlemen every Sunday night on TXR, and I'm also over on the Shop Podcast every Saturday night as well. Now, could I ask you guys a quick question, though, real quick? I wanted yes, to ask sir. it earlier, but... Did anybody play in any of the demo games? Which ones? Yes. The ones that are part of the game event? 
Yeah, I download a few. I download the. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. What was it? Uh, Hell Point, I think. And uh, I did download the Destroy All Humans demo, but I I, ended up, I was gonna buy it anyways. Which actually, I was playing it before the show. So. Oh, I've been playing it all day. <laughs> That's oh, why I was like, I've been playing it all day. I've never yeah, played the original. Know. This what? Thing is, you never played I never play, oh Dude, I what I went back on YouTube and looked at the original and oh my god, I think I would have hated it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like this is like a night and day difference. It looks clean. I love the humor. It's funny. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely like, it's like something Grand I've been with aliens. <laughs> oh it, yeah. I, dude, I was sold the minute I saw him flying around in the spaceship singing uh Romstein. <laughs> I was it's like, okay, what is this? <laughs> it is pretty awesome yeah but i also did happen to check out skatebird that was my one random game that i had to check out on the demo i had to see this yep skatebird it's like it reminds me of flappy bird on the iphone (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying like i I don't know i just think that's really cool that microsoft really went above and beyond giving us game demos and something a little bit more interactive than just a show and it's sadly kind of being like going under the radar. Not too many people were really talking about it. And I mean, I played uh, destroy all humans and skatebird, a couple other games. And uh, I, I kind of had fun with at least what they put out. Yeah. They mm-hmm. give you, they definitely gave you a lot of uh, choices. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like what you know, the quality kind of differs between the the games and the demos, but otherwise, I mean, there is a lot to choose from in any case. So there's a large palette for you to try out. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I got to a couple of them anyways. So, but moving along here, uh, Eric Shockley, awesome stuff tonight, my friend. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, great show. Uh, and yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. That's bad. Yeah, um, but yeah, you can uh, find me at, at ShockNero on Twitter and uh, Easy Shock on at Xbox Live. But yeah, thanks for mm-hmm. stopping by. Now, Shock, I noticed J Dubs had said something earlier in the chat. Uh, <laughs> is there a? Uh, is, did he do like a mock up for you for a, a some graphic art? Uh, what? Oh, sorry, I didn't have my chat up. My bad. Oh, okay. No, I just I noticed uh, Jay had said something like this was way earlier in the chat. So uh, oh, okay, oh. yeah, Mr. Hey, did like, some mock-up for for you. Phone. You owe him some money. You know, <laughs> come on now, pay up. But, <laughs> yeah, I at least want to add on. I just want to at least say, you know, it was nice meeting Fastback. By the way, I totally didn't even think about it. I've always heard about the other half of NLG, and it's really awesome to finally meet the other half. Thank you, Satara. Yeah. Appreciate it, and I always look forward to seeing, hearing you on here. And uh, you're also on Shot Podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So no. definitely would love to get you on at some point too. Yeah, we gotta get the other members of uh, NLG on here at some point. All awesome. it's such an awesome crew overall. It's such class acts, as Jeremy was saying. But uh, to round all this out, guys, I'm Invader, and everyone can follow me at my, well, f- find me on my YouTube channel, Invader Gaming, and of course on Twitter at Invader underscore one nine eight six. And I'm also uh, I'm on Par Parlay. Uh, that's a new platform, a new uh, like Twitter alternative, I guess you could say. You can find me at just in- call it Parlor. Jesus Christ! Oh come on, Jeremy. If you're gonna say it, say it properly, right? You say it like a Parler. Canadian. Yeah, I've been noticing that. Everybody's starting to put like their their at parlor on in their twitter account yeah 
uh, just you know to let people know just to uh, go over there right so it's it's like twitter but a little more open right uh, you don't have the same uh conversations as what you would it, no tell it like it is invaders they don't block conservative conservative content over there they don't block anybody your first amendment is sacred over there unlike some places like fucking twitter yeah well twitter yeah twitter is an interesting place but yeah that's why you know you go onto different platforms and you try new stuff but yeah it's at invader over on parlor according to jeremy but uh guys it was a great show from everybody and i hope everybody has a fantastic night and we will definitely see you next sunday so uh take it easy guys have a good one